Welcome into A to Z Sports. I'm Austin Stanley. He is Jack Gentry. In for Zach Bingham this morning. Make sure you follow us all over social media. We are Nashville's On Demand Sports Network, and we go live every weekday morning at 8 Central Time on Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, and hopefully at some point again, Twitter, if Twitter cooperates with Twitter support. It's been a situation. Uh, but make sure we, we got to make sure we thank our sponsors uh, before we officially get going as well because they make it happen for you and they help us out. Renters Warehouse Nashville, the professional landlords in the area at renterswarehouse.com. Mandu, the pulse of fitness, where one 15 minute workout equals five plus hours in the weight room. Mandu.com, your first workout is free. Wilson County Hyundai, make them a part of your car buying experience by heading to wilsoncountyhyundai.com or seeing them in Lebanon and the Bone and Joint Institute. Boneandjointtn.org, the region's destination for comprehensive orthopedic and sports medicine care. So, Jack, the Titans get another big win. It was ugly. They they were up 13-6 there at halftime to the Saints. A big play by Dylan Cole on the third quarter kickoff uh, allows the Titans to get a short field and seven quick points up by 14. And from that point on, the Saints really controlled the rest of that game, but the Titans' defense made a couple key stops with a red zone stop to force a field goal and then a key stop on this two-point conversion that would have tied the game uh, with under two minutes to go. But, Jack, how are you feeling? Tighten up podcast, Titans fan, Jack Gentry. How are you feeling about yeah, six straight wins? So, I mean, the Titans fan in me from Nashville obviously love the Titans. Um, but – you can there's some good things to take away there's some bad things you mentioned that dylan cole play um a guy who's really been hurt the last the majority of the last three seasons actually had a pick six and a sack against the titans back in 2017 when he was on houston um no idea i did d- d- yesterday was the first time i've heard that guy's name yeah no it was what it was for a lot of people it, it, yeah. it really was i mean it, it, it's a 53 flying down there looking like keith bullock on a kickoff um jarring the ball loose in a huge play and also, Titans fans, I think that um, maybe a, a thank you basket, maybe um, an edible arrangement to be sent to Brian Johnson's house, the Saints kicker who missed two extra points. Um, had he nailed those, that game probably would have seen overtime for the fourth time this season for the Titans. But it didn't. You know, the Titans made plays when they had to. And this defense, we keep talking about it. How do you win without Derrick Henry? The defense keeps playing like this. And, and obviously, you see why. Um, on gotta have it scenarios, when the Titans absolutely have to have it, the the ultimate bend don't break. We saw it there, uh, I believe, with eight minutes to go in the fourth quarter. The Saints march all the way down, um, down eleven points, and the Titans hold up. Their defense holds up for, for like uh, I believe it was six straight plays. There was there was an offensive pass interference on Callaway, backed him up to around the eleven or so, and then obviously Kevin Byard gave him a new set of downs with a defensive holding in the back of the end zone. But that didn't break this defense. They held strong. They got a stop. They forced a field goal for New Orleans and and really hung in there. And the second half, you were right. It wasn't pretty. Um, But they made the plays they had to to win. And obviously, you win the turnover battle. um, You have a good shot at winning in the NFL. And uh, Dylan Coles to thank for that one. Yeah, and the Titans have now 12 takeaways in the last six games. Uh, which is pretty incredible. Uh, and now I believe they're actually plus one in turnovers. Uh, now <laughs> after they were after they, I think the Titans started like minus six and I think they've worked themselves back to being plus one in the turnovers. And that was, that was a huge strength of last season's team. They, I think they were first in the league in turnover differential. So, so getting back on track with, with that and obviously the offensive line holding up 
and no more Tannehill sack fumbles are occurring, or at least knock on wood right now. Yeah. Um, so, so things are coming together on the offensive side of the ball, even without Derrick Henry, even without Julio Jones. Yeah, and uh, I do want to read a couple comments. Ronnie says, I will say that Jerome Boger and his crew sucked too. Uh, yeah, and then Alex uh, correctly adds, the refs sucked, but for both teams. Equally, both – Jerome Boger's terrible at his job. Mm-hmm. Terrible. And Carol says, uh, Titans games are not pretty. Not anymore, they're not. Uh, and that's kind of the interesting thing about where I want to take this is that with Derrick Henry, with A.J. Brown, and last year Corey Davis and Jonu Smith – and Ryan Tannehill, the Titans have been winning games with a lot of style and a lot of flash and a lot of points, big touchdowns, uh, converting in the red zone. Well, over the last couple of you know weeks, really going back to the, the, the Colts game, they haven't been able to, to be winning big with these uh, big, huge plays. Now, they've had a couple of them, the Marcus Johnson catch and run for 50 yards, and A.J. had a 57-yard touchdown uh, against the Colts, but they're kicking field goals in the red zone, right? Like they're not putting up these offensive numbers uh, and big plays without Derrick Henry. So I, I want to ask you this question, Jack, and I'll go ahead and ask you guys as well, because I have I have an answer to the question. But because the, the title of today's show is that the Titans flex their greatest strength in the win over the Saints for their sixth straight victory. If I were to ask, like right now, what is the Titans' best strength right now? Because it had been... Derek Henry in the running game, but he's been out for two weeks and he's not going to come back for at least another month or a little bit over. So what would you say, Jack, is the Titans' biggest strength right now? Well, right now, obviously, I'm going to have to say the pass rush. Um, Jeffrey Simmons got two more sacks uh, yesterday, and he mentioned last week, he said, you know, you got to be addicted. Are you hungover or addicted? Was he going to be hungover after a huge performance against the Rams on uh, Sunday night football where he had three sacks. And he was like, you know, this is a spot where I could be satisfied with how I played last week, but that's not the mentality I want to have. I want to be addicted to getting sacks. Got two more yesterday. The Titans now have two pass rushers in the top 10 in the NFL when it comes to sacks. Uh, who would have thought that would have would been the case before the season? And one of them not even being Bud Dupree. Bud Dupree, obviously, we hope gets better. Uh, left the game with an abdominal issue yesterday. But the pass rush has to be um, the biggest strength because the Titans have been able to play this well on defense without Christian Fulton up until yesterday, really, um, who looked like the Christian Fulton we saw at the beginning of the season. Yep. Allowing things, allowing Kevin Byer to make plays on balls, to be to be that opportunistic safety that we've known him to be since he's been in Nashville. And Janoris Jenkins even had a big day. Like When, when backup corners like Greg Maven are getting flown in from the Arizona Cardinals practice squad and performing well, I think you have to tip your hat to the pass rush for making things easier on them on the back end. It's a symbiotic relationship. One can't work without the other. You need a good pass rush to have a good secondary. You need a good secondary to give the give the pass rush time to get to the quarterback. They go hand in hand, and the pass rush has to be the biggest strength right now when you talk about the Tennessee Titans. It's a good answer. You know, it, that's not my answer, but it's a good answer because we asked you guys, what do you think the biggest strength is for the Titans right now? Alex says for a strong pass rush, you need good coverage to the defense in general. Uh, yes. Then Ronnie says pass rush, especially the interior uh, uh, front four from tall Texan <laughs> on YouTube, getting turnovers from Jarrell. Ben says quarterback pressure. Bradley says pass rush. I'm surprised Ben didn't have a typo in this because every time Ben t- uh, tweets at me trying to get me on something, he has a typo and has to delete his tweets. So there you go, Ben, on that. Oh, uh, it's Gary pass rush from Deborah. Danny says pass rush. 
Frank pass rush, Lane pass rush. So <clears throat> Frank, I've seen a couple of Randy Bullocks as well. I don't, Fat Randy has been a godsend. Yeah, so here is uh, mine. And Chad kind of nailed it, <clears throat> but in a different way. Chad says, the ability to overcome immediate obstacles. And that is the Titans' biggest strength. But I really kind of categorize it in Mike Vrabel's ability to reset this team regardless of who's not playing and regardless of who is filling in for guys who are out. Because what happened yesterday? You had both inside linebackers out. How about Jalen Brown played phenomenal? Jalen mm-hmm. Brown made a play on that goal line stand, Jack, that you mentioned earlier in the show. Jalen Brown made a play. It was third and goal from like the two. Jalen was playing like outside of that tight end on that side. Uh, a, a, a receiver comes in motion, and Jalen Brown immediately knocks that receiver off his route, who was the first read in the flats that could have scored a touchdown. Then after he knocked the receiver off his route, he flew in at Simeon, made Simeon backpedal, and basically throw an uncatchable ball. And so it's pretty impressive that that you missed Rashawn Evans and David Long, and you had uh, Jalen Brown and Monty Rice fill in, and those guys didn't skip a beat. So I thought that was impressive. Then you've got no Julio, and Marcus Johnson goes off for five catches for 100 yards oh, on yeah. a day that A.J. Brown only has one catch for 16 and he had a carry for seven yards. Then you've got nobody, somebody that nobody's heard of, Dylan Cole, who is a <laughs> linebacker wearing the rotating 53 jersey, uh, elevated from the practice squad, who makes a monster hit on the kickoff to force a fumble and the Titans get a touchdown that they absolutely had to have to go up 20-6. to six. I mean, you can keep going on and on of the different ways that players have stepped up due to injuries because – Aaron Brewer played some. I mean, you have uh, you've had injuries all up and down the offensive line. Tier Tort was out, but you still got good play. Naquan Jones gets yeah, his first sack of the season because Tier Tart is out. And so it's that it's Mike Vrabel's ability to not worry about the Jimmys and the Joes, but whoever is not in there have the next guy, the next guy up mentality is honestly. It rings true for this team. And I hate coaching cliches, but next man up mentality is a reality for the Tennessee Titans this season. And so so you're going with more of a mental strength, like a, a mental toughness rather than a physical, you know, you know, the pass rush. The, the uh, You mentioned the next man up mentality, and you're exactly right. Marcus Johnson was a huge piece in this win. Um, maybe added pressure on Mojo heading in now that Josh Reynolds is cut. You could, you kind of are, are, are clearly the coach's choice here, and I mean he has been since camp. That, that that's you know Reynolds didn't look good, didn't look healthy when he was here. Um, now he's up in Detroit, and maybe there's a little extra pressure on Marcus Johnson to to kind of prove why Josh Reynolds uh, was was shipped out of town. And you know I get that he didn't have to prove it to the coaching staff or anything. That has been done day in day out for the last few months. But for him to go over 100 or to go for exactly 100 yards, that, that, that's huge for this team. Yes. And when he has the ball in his hands. He's not like AJ where he's ripping tackle. He's flying through people. The guy can cut on a dime. Um, he seems like he has this oddly low center of gravity where he, he can make a turn and still stay on his feet, not really uh, slow down at all. He's he's electrifying to watch. And Yeah, he's a physical he receiver, to, and he fits what the Titans w- look for yeah. in their receivers. And Mar- Marcus and Johnson's been great. Even Des Fitzpatrick uh, caught a pass, even though okay. it was probably out of the most strange formation Todd Downing has ever you know put on a football field. I didn't get it. 
I don't understand why you run that there, uh, you know, at that part of the field in the red zone. But he did it in Des Fitzpatrick. It didn't go for anything, but at least he caught a ball, right? <laughs> yeah. Kobe says, and shout out to Des Fitzpatrick for proving all the doubters wrong. How, <laughs> how did Des Fitzpatrick prove any doubters wrong for being activated from the practice squad as a fourth-round draft pick in week 10 of the season? No, that's not proving the doubters wrong. Now, has Des Fitzpatrick gotten better? Sure. But again, he was not able to make the roster as a fourth-round draft pick that's not proving the doubters wrong. It's a step in the right direction, but it's not proving the doubters wrong. So, Kobe, chill out a little bit on that. Mason uh, but, Kinsey making the active roster is proving the doubters wrong. Des yeah. Fitzpatrick, fourth-round draft pick, only receiver taken in a, in a time where the Titans needed to draft a receiver probably earlier than that, making the roster or getting activated week 10, not proving anybody wrong, but that is a funny comment. Yeah, it was a funny comment. So that's what I want to read. All right, so now let's get to this because, Jack, I find this interesting, and I feel like – this is really heating up. Where should Mike Vrabel rank in the NFL Coach of the Year race? Where should Mike Vrabel rank in the NFL Coach of the Year race? And I think uh, we're about to hear a lot more of this stuff if the Titans continue to win games uh, in this season. So we'll get to your answers on that. Jack will ask that question in the comments for you guys to react to. Where should Mike Vrabel rank in the NFL Coach of the Year race? But real quick, let me tell you guys about Mandu, the Pulse of Fitness, where one 15-minute workout equals five-plus hours in the weight room, mandu.com. That's where to go, mandu.com. Your first workout's free. It is a 15-minute workout of full-body electronic muscle stimulation that is easy in your joints, puts all of it right there on your muscles. It's how to get stronger and how to grow muscle mass and target that hard-to-burn body fat, mandu.com. Again, first workout's free, and if you tell them A to Z Sports sent you, they'll take 100 bucks off your first month when you sign up right there at mandu.com. Bet MGM, it's the king of sports books, you guys. Use promo code A to Z Sports, A T O Z Sports. New users, listen up. If you don't have a sports book app, if you want to get skin on skin in on the game uh, for, for the latter part of the season, do it through Bet MGM. Download the Bet MGM app today. Use promo code A to Z Sports, A T O Z Sports. You'll receive a one thousand or a, a, a free bet up to one thousand dollars on your first deposit at Bet MGM. So that's a free bet all the way up to one thousand dollars. You could do it tonight. You can bet on. Uh, you probably bet on the Rams. I don't know if you want to bet on the Niners the way things have been going lately for them. But that's up to you and how you want to spend your money on the BetMGM app. Just make sure when you download it to use promo code A to Z Sports. That's A T O Z Sports. Excuse me. Where should Mike Vrabel rank when it comes to the NFL Coach of the Year conversation? Uh, so I'm going to try to get to the top of these comments because a lot of comments are flying in uh, here. So James just says one. Nas Good on YouTube says top three. Chandler says first. Uh, let's see. R Ryan says right now he's one. Malachi right now he's one. Numero uno from Chaz first from Bill Din. Uh, Chris says three. Alan Ryan Allen says one. Steven one. Guy says first or second. Kobe says one here. Steven with one. Uh, Warren says top of the conversation. Derek West says two because Cliff, Cliff Kingsbury being one. Okay. Josh says one. Jeanette says one. So, look, I'm not seeing anything outside the top three, right? Uh, yeah, so, pretty, pretty impressive. Yeah, I, I don't think you should see anything out of the top three. Um, in, in my mind, I, it's hard to make a case against Mike Vrabel. Now, there is one big blemish, obviously, in the Jets' overtime loss. But considering what the Titans were missing, and I get it, no excuses, it's the New York Jets, beat them with who you got, you know. But 
Mike Vrabel has to be number one for me right now. The way things are going in Arizona, uh, the way things went yesterday um, in Arizona, particularly um, without Kyler Murray, without DeAndre Hopkins, and you know that's a tough division in general. The Titans, their toughest, their two toughest opponents coming down the stretch here, the New England Patriots, who looked great yesterday against the Browns, mm-hmm. and then you have the Pittsburgh Steelers who tied the Lions. Mm-hmm. So Not it, Big Ben, yeah. It's, it's, and, and while this does hurt the team. From a betting standpoint, not having Derrick Henry and still rattling off wins against big opponents like the Rams and like they did yesterday against a a scrappy Saints team with a really good red zone defense, um, that helps. So Mike Vrabel right now, I think there's three guys you got to consider. Mike Vrabel, Cliff Kingsbury, Mike McCarthy down in Dallas. Those three guys are the hottest right now in the NFL, and Kingsbury's having a similar issue. He doesn't have his star quarterback or his number one receiver. So if they're able to succeed, you know, with Colt McCoy, then obviously that builds his case. But what the Cardinals don't have going for them is they don't have the easiest schedule in football remaining left like the Titans do. They've got to play the Seahawks twice, the Rams once, on the road at the Cowboys, and also the Colts. So so that's a a tough schedule to kind of run through right there. And obviously they're banged up. It's harder to do that now. But at this current moment, the Titans have won six in a row. Hottest team in football. They've overcome adversity. Like you said, they have a resilience to them. Um, they love the underdog role. And that's kind of how you win Coach of the Year, right? If, if you're not favored heading in, how do you move up? You beat teams you shouldn't beat against whatever odds are in front of you. That's what Vrabel's done. That's what this Titans team has been able to do. And I think Vrabel deserves a ton of credit for it. Um, but to win an award like this, you also need a couple guys to maybe trip up, lose some games they shouldn't. I think the Cowboys have proven year in, year out that they're capable of doing that at any moment. And uh, like like I just mentioned, the Cardinals are having injury issues. And after Cam Newton kind of embarrassed them yesterday, we'll see where they go from here. But Mike Vrabel, for me, is number one. So I think, you know, Mike, I don't think he's number one yet. I mean, I think he's definitely like, he's definitely top three, right? And you bring up McCarthy and Dallas. I think that's interesting because of the attention that Dallas gets. But I, I do think, there's somebody else who's creeping into the conversation who has entered the chat for NFL Coach of the Year conversation, and that would be one Bill Belichick in yes. New England. Good point. Because if you if you think about this, the Titans have the awful Texans coming up in one week at Nissan Stadium. The Patriots uh, have the Falcons uh, next week as well. If both teams win, that would be seven straight for the Titans and five straight for the Patriots, which both teams should be favored. And I know the Titans are 10.5-point favorites um, over uh, the Texans. I do not know the line uh, when it comes to the Patriots-Falcons game yet. But if that if they win Sunday, then the Titans go to New England, and you've got the two longest active NFL winning streaks head-to-head with the Titans and the Patriots. And with what Bill Belichick is doing with uh, the Matt Jones progression and development, their defense is playing like it, like a typical Patriots defense, and and they're just racking off wins and putting up points. I, I think Bill Belichick has the ability. After Tom Brady goes away, they mess around with Cam Newton in a COVID year, then a rookie quarterback, and they make yep. the playoffs, and they have a chance to win the AFC East. I think I think Bill Belichick and the Patriots have to win the division for Bill Belichick to get the coach of the year. If they're a wild card team, don't think about it. But the Titans are winning the division. The Titans have a great chance of getting the number one seed in the AFC. So I think it's Kingsbury, Vrabel, and Belichick. 
Those are my three right now. In that in that order. I just don't yeah. think I think McCarthy, I think the Cowboys are gonna get an MVP and a comeback player of the year type award where I don't know if they're gonna go all three of them. Because that's no doubt the the comeback player of the year. He's yeah, he, in the he, MVP conversation. Yeah. And I don't think they can be in another big time award like that. Yeah, the thing you mentioned about Belichick having to win the AFC East to win that award, I completely agree with. Now, a couple of weeks ago, I think a lot of people could have made a case for Zach Taylor, the Bengals head coach. Um, but but Water's kind of finding its level in Cincinnati right now. They've dropped a couple um, since you know they they because they were previously ahead of the Titans. They they were first in the AFC uh, like week seven. Um, so yeah, Belichick's an interesting one. Having a rookie quarterback and winning, you know. 11 games, I think could do it. But even if he does win 11, I don't know that he gets that division. And like you mentioned, to win a division, you know, you need to win a division if you want coach of the year, unless you come from a poverty franchise like Cincinnati, mm-hmm. where you can drag them to maybe 11 wins, Ravens uh, edge you out by a game or two. And, you know, you're pretty happy with the, with the way Zach Taylor coached your football team. Belichick's in the conversation. There's no doubt about it. But when we talk about who's favored right now, who we think should win right now, it has to be variable. No one has a better resume in the NFL. And he's doing it without, you know, people won't say this, but the most valuable player in the NFL. When it comes to Derrick Henry, uh, there's no player that's more valuable to their specific team. It's it's Mike Vrabel, and and then it's kind of a pretty big gap. And then you have Kingsbury, who's doing a lot with right now a little, although, you know, I've I've mentioned their, their loss yesterday. Um, and, and then Mike McCarthy, who great point by you, you know, Dallas, it's a huge market. People love, you, you know, Cowboys, 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 America's team, whatever. Um, he could, he could steal a little bit of the vote away, but right now it's Mike Vrabel. No question about it. So, yeah. And I think the, the extra thing for Mike Vrabel is they've played over 80 players on, on in games this season, which is by far the most uh, of any NFL team. So they're able to maneuver through and really play the chess game when it comes to the roster of getting guys like a Dylan Cole to have an impact, getting guys like Chris Jackson who balled out uh, against the Rams. Chris Jackson had a bad day yesterday uh, yeah. against Saints, but but he balled out against the Rams. And you're getting all of this uh, input and all this contribution from no-name guys uh, who are making a, a massive impact on the season. And I think – I wonder this. I wonder how much – Mike Vrabel's ability to do his head coaching job better because of the structure of the defensive coordinator and Shane Bowen of there actually being defined roles. Defined roles make everybody's life easier involved, even Mike Vrabel. So I, I, that's just a side comment. I don't want to get in that conversation again. But but mm-hmm. now, now that Shane Bowen's the D coordinator, maybe it's allowing Mike Vrabel to be that much better of a head coach and maneuvering through all the different adversity with the uh, roster that's basically a rotating door. It's one less thing to worry about. And it was a huge thing to worry about last year. I think, you know, even bringing in Jim Schwartz as well, kind of, you know, lifts some responsibility and stress and pressure off of Mike Vrabel, which, yeah, gives him time to to dive into, you know, being the aggressive head coach that we know him to be. Um, And, you know, he's, he's pretty analytical driven or analytically driven. Mm-hmm. Um, with, with a guy like Stretch as his right right hand man, I think they handle most in game decisions pretty well. You don't have to worry about um, you, you know him going full Mike McCarthy and, and just completely botching a, a punt in plus territory. Although he did it against Green Bay last year in the snow, but I, I think we've seen a pretty clean slate for Mike Vrabel so far this season. 
No doubt. A to Z Sports here live on this Monday. Jack Gentry in for Zach Bingham. Zach dealing with COVID uh, as he tested positive last week for those who haven't seen that tweet that Zach put out. So that's why Zach has been out over the last several days. Hopefully he can uh, start to feel better and be back in the next uh, couple days. Who knows uh, how that's going to go. But let's ask this question, Jack. I'm curious about this. I've got some numbers on, on my answer. Who was the MVP of the Titans win over the Saints yesterday? Who was the MVP in the Titans win over the Saints yesterday? But real quick, let me tell you guys about Renters Warehouse and RentersWarehouse.com. They're the professional landlords in the Nashville area. Simply go to RentersWarehouse.com to find out how much your home can rent for. There's so many ways you can use Renters Warehouse to your benefit, whether it's uh, creating extra cash flows for you and your family. It's also getting your retirement plan ready because of long-term equity and long-term wealth with rent estate and owning property, and you let Renters Warehouse do all of the work for you. You do nothing. Renters Warehouse does it all. You're not the landlord. They are the landlord. You just get paid. That's literally it. Renters Warehouse are the pros. Let them do it for you. Renterswarehouse.com is where to go. Bet MGM, it's the king of sports books. You, you, guys, you, you guys are going to want to head there and download that app as soon as you can. Here it is. I've got the graphic up. The king of sports books. Use promo code A to Z sports, A-T-O-Z sports. And on your first deposit, you'll be able to have a free bet up to $1,000. So you deposit $500, you'll get $500. You'll, you'll get to bet it. You can deposit $1,000, and that's the, that's the max. You deposit $1,000, you get a free bet up to $1,000. You can use it however you, you'd like, but you have to make sure in order to cash in on this great offer, you go to you, you download the BetMGM app and use the promo code A to Z Sports. Again, for new users, a risk-free bet up to $1,000. For new users only, use that promo code A to Z Sports and cash in as soon as you can. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. You must be 21 years or older. Must be president of Tennessee for gambling problem support. Call Tennessee Redline 1-800-889-9789. All right, who was the MVP of that win yesterday? I'm seeing a lot of Johnsons, right? A lot of big Jeffs and a lot of Johnsons. Jack, what's your answer? Kind of a weird one. I think Janoris Jenkins played extremely well. Jackrabbit Jenkins showed up. I don't know that he was the MVP, but he had a really big game in that play on that two-point conversion. He was there, and he kind of made he made the thing he made things difficult on the outside. He's a, he's a good nominee. I think I have to side with Marcus Johnson only because AJ Brown failed to really get anywhere yesterday. I think one yep. catch for sixteen yards. So they needed a playmaker to step up, and Marcus Johnson was the guy to do it. And we've seen that. We talk about the next man up mentality on defense. I mean, Nick Westbrook-Akines had to do it. Uh, Marcus Johnson, Chester Rogers has done it as well in times where they're needed and there's nobody else out there. Jeremy McNichols, hell, he read the te- he led the team in receiving against the Jets. Um, so Marcus Johnson needed to play big, and he did yesterday, um, especially on that one catch and run where, where he, it was probably a 10, 15-yard pass that he caught and took off down the field. Nobody could touch him. Yeah. Um, it has to be. It, it, it probably has to be Marcus Johnson. And, you know, there wasn't a player on offense that really splashed yesterday outside of him, special teams either. I mean, you could give it to Randy Bullock probably any game. Um, I love Fat Randy, but uh, Marcus Johnson has to be the guy. He stepped up big, but at the same time on the defensive side of the ball, I, it's hard to single one of those guys you, out. You can't, you cannot go, Jake. Look, and I, and I'll no, give I, know, I know, I know. Zach, but he, I, I don't give him props. We, all, we always bash him for his bad games. He played a great game yesterday. No, and I, I think it's fine to bring that up, that he played well. Uh, Zach Lyons from uh, F-Word Pod uh, said that Jack Rabbit, when on, he was targeted six times, he gave up three catches on those six targets for 25 yards and the one touchdown allowed. Yeah, and I thought, 
I thought Jack Rabbit played well outside of that one snap on the touchdown where he just went mal- full Malcolm Butler and was looking in the backfield yeah. and just yeah. uh, and just bit on the run fake and allowed Smith to get outside of him. And you can't do that. And I, I don't understand. Like Jack Rabbit continuously makes like young rookie or like third year player mistakes. Like yeah. he's 32 years old. He's been in the league for over a decade. Like Jack Rabbit's got to not have those mental mistakes there. But I think it, it I goes. Just, hold on, one more thing. It, it kind of goes with Shane Bowen, right? If if the season he had last year, you got to give him credit for stepping it up this year. I don't care that you bring in Schwartz. I don't care what you say about Vrabel. You got to give credit to the guy. It's fun. It was fun to bash him last year. Maybe it wasn't fun, but it was, it was a common trend. And this year, you know, Jack Rabbit hasn't had the season that he would have liked. Titans fans probably expected better. Um, and they just haven't gotten that, unfortunately. But yesterday was a circumstance where he played well. And I think you have to give him his flowers. He beat his former team. He probably helped out in the locker room, in the film room, and uh, was big on that two point conversion. Only three catches allowed for 25 yards. You take that every day. Well, he six does that targets. Three weeks out. Now he yeah. gave up the touchdown. The touchdown was not good. Yeah. Well, that's okay. I get that. It's not going to be perfect from the guy, but we, we got to just kind of hold it down out there. Yeah. And so uh, just real quick on the DBs, because uh, you know, Zach Lyons did a good job with the stats. So here, here's what he had uh, for the DBs. So I mentioned Jack Rabbit, three catches on six targets, 25 yards and a touchdown. Elijah Molden gave up two catches for five yards for se- five on five targets for 17 yards. Kevin Byard allowed three catches on three targets for 54. Uh, your boy Christian Fulton, no catches, just one target, pass breakup. <laughs> I mean, so welcome jail, back, baby. Christian Fulton. Fulton County Jail. Man, I mean, insane. One one target, and he broke it up. <laughs> and so no catches. And then uh, here's the bad. Chris Jackson, ugh, targeted seven mm. times, allowed five catches for 120 yards, and five first downs, one touchdown. And and I, I add to that the two incompletions uh that that uh on Chris Jackson were slight overthrows by Simeon to open guys. So it could have easily been seven for seven for like a buck fifty. Uh who knows? But man, it's his best day at the office. No, no, but look, he's that's what happens. It's a seventh round pick in a second year. Mm-hmm. He's wishy-washy, he was fantastic against the Rams. Not fantastic against the Saints, and you would think the Rams are a much bigger difference, a much yeah. better team than the Saints there too. It reminds me a lot of what we saw from Breon Borders, you, you know, last season. He'd, he'd make a big splash play, he'd, he'd have an interception, or he'd make or break up a huge play down the field, and, and then the next game, you know, he he would look like burnt toast with legs out there. Yeah, right. So my MVP is uh, of that game is Marcus Johnson. I, Marcus Johnson made plays. Uh, when the Titans needed him, and nobody else really could. The running game wasn't getting going. A.J. Brown disappeared. Now, I know A.J. Brown drew a lot of tough coverage. Anthony Ferkser can't do anything right, it seems. Uh, besides, hey, look, Anthony Ferkser did draw a pass interference that led to the touchdown pass to Pruitt. Well, no, led to the Tannehill sneak. Excuse me. Uh, Foreman played decent, uh, but again, Marcus Johnson, five catches for 100 yards. I've got some breakdowns on this. So five catches for 100 yards for Marcus Johnson. The Titans had five scoring drives. On every drive that the Titans scored, Marcus Johnson had a big catch. Only one of his catches did not convert a first down. And that was because it was on a second and 10 where he picked up seven. And then a third and three came short. It led to a field goal. So Marcus Johnson was great yesterday. And when the Titans needed him, again, 
They did not have a scoring drive yesterday without Marcus Johnson involved. He allowed that offense to get going. It was very impressive. So Marcus Johnson is by far the MVP of that game. I think Jeffrey Simmons is another one. Uh, and that's probably about it. It's those two guys. And then yeah. Randy Bullock. I'll give three. Yeah. You got to throw fat Randy in there. After, you know, the turmoil and obviously the heartbreak the Titans have had in the kicking department. I feel like we're kind of taking Randy uh, for granted a little bit, but that's okay. You know, kickers are kickers, even though he's a great one. Yeah, um, yeah Marcus Johnson, he, I think he has to be the answer. It, it's, it's hard. The Titans didn't put up a lot of offense, really. I think they had like 264 yards of total offense. That's not a ton there. And obviously when you account for just about half of it yourself as a receiver, you're, you're the odds-on favorite to win the MVP of the game yesterday. However, you could make a case that Taylor Lewan was the MVP because right when he came out, Kendall Lamb almost got Tannehill killed. Um, so in terms of being the most valuable, uh, Taylor Lewan maybe just missing time to get an IV <laughs> could yeah. be the answer. Uh, all right, before we talk about Ryan Tannehill, uh, I do want to address two things. So uh, I mentioned that Ferkser can't do, really do anything right. So John Michael Presley says Ferkser's been a huge disappointment. Danny says Ferkser's becoming a liability. Uh, and then MB says, can you actually credit Ferkser for the PI? Yeah, you can. Sure, why not? Uh, and then Jonathan says Ferkser's false starts are killing the Titans. So let's just say this. The first false start was absolutely on Anthony Ferkser. It takes a third and five to a third and ten and the Titans punt on their opening possession. Three and out real quick, right? Bad, bad, bad. The other false start on Ferkser on the goal line was actually not on Anthony Ferkser. That was on Ryan Tannehill. It was just a situation where Ryan Tannehill forgot what the play call was in the situation there. So Ryan Tannehill, it was a goal to go first and goal at the two, and Tannehill saw that A.J. was wide open in the slot uncovered. So he snapped the ball quickly. But what Ryan Tannehill forgot is that he had a shift with Ferkser on the left side. And so Ferkser was doing his shift. Tannehill quick snapped it and threw it. So that's on Ryan Tannehill, even though Ferkser got all the blame on that because that's who Boger announced the false start. So I did just want to clear that up because it's easy to pile on guys when they when they have things go the right way. But let's not unfairly pile on uh, with Anthony Ferkser on that specific situation. Ferkser season has not gone well. Um, and I maybe some of it's attributed to Jeff Swain and Michael Pruitt having outstanding seasons. But Ferkser, for the for the large part, you, you know, ha hasn't really been noticeable, hasn't really had that one big catch, that one big game that you, that you look for, maybe a couple red zone touchdowns against a big team. He's He hasn't been very visible to me, and that's been disappointing because – you know, the Titans are going to have to look at what, what what's best for them when it comes to Ferkser next or after this season. I don't know what they're going to decide, but with guys like Michael Pruitt and Jeff Swain, who, who, are, who are playing well, um, it makes that decision a little tougher. Yeah, and Lane says, forgot. No one was on AJ. There has to be a check for that. Yeah, there was Lane, but again, it happened simultaneously. Ryan Tannehill started the shift and then quick snap because he saw AJ wide open and uncovered. It was a, it was a situational, simultaneous mistake that was made by Ryan Tannehill and that, that really hung out Anthony Ferkser for everybody to, to get angry at him there too. But again, Anthony Ferkser has been a letdown thus far. He's got seven games to turn it around. I don't really expect it to happen though. Were we expecting too much out of Ferkser? Were, were our expectations not aligned with the reality of the situation and the, and the, and the player that Ferkser is? Probably. Did, I mean, I, 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 
it maybe it's not it, maybe it's not our fault. It, it could be John Robinson's fault. You you lose a guy like Johnny Smith, and you had such a productive year out of the tight end position last season. You have Ferkser come in who did make plays last season, um, and, and you know he just hasn't lived up to the expectations. He hasn't he hasn't performed very well at all. I mean, Michael Pruitt, in my opinion, is the best pass catching tight end on this team right now. The guy pops in big games. He's he's found the end zone a handful of times this season, um, and that in turn kind of makes Ferkser look a little worse. Yes, and, and Jeff Swain. Jeff Swain and Michael Pruitt are outproducing Anthony Ferkser, like, and that mm-hmm. should not happen. But again, I, what I said in the offseason is that Anthony Ferkser is not replacing Jonu Smith. That's not who Anthony Ferkser is. Anthony Ferkser is replacing Adam Humphreys. Like, that's the type of player that Ferkser is. He's just a bigger yeah. – that's what he is. He's a slot yeah. receiver but a little bigger body that, you know, works on third and me- on third and medium, Ferkser finds the sticks, catches the ball, first down. Like, that's that's what that's what Anthony Ferkser is. Keelan says lies, Austin. How is it a lie, dude? Not the same the body, not, not the same, not the same, you know, physical attributes, but in terms of production. Play style. That's that's their yeah. that's their play style. Anthony Ferkser's not a blocking tight end. He is a he is a split out tight end, and his best ability is quick route running because he's got that extra quickness and awareness for where the first down yard marker is. And mm-hmm. that's when Adam Humphreys was out last year with a concussion, Ferkser was running those Adam Humphreys routes. So that's, that's the situation. But so I, again, I never felt comfortable about Anthony Ferkser being tight end one this entire time, but me, if they didn't bring back Michael Pruitt, man, uh, that would have been bad because they brought Pruitt back late in training camp. Well, he, uh, was with, he was with the 49ers at one point this offseason. Right. I mean, so uh, thank God that they didn't act on that because the Titans, who knows where they'd be right now without Michael Pruitt. He's he's contributed greatly to this, to really this win streak. No, he's, he's tied for the team lead and touchdown catches with three. Him and AJ have three touchdown catches. Yeah, amazing. And and AJ Brown, I, AJ Brown's going to play better. Like, I don't care if you're getting double covered. Like, you're the number one wide receiver. If you want to get paid, in February and March, what you think you need to get paid going into the last year of your rookie deal, AJ has got to get back out of this. He's had two games where he hasn't really done that much. He's battled drops all season long, uh, and yesterday was nearly invisible. They had to run a direct snap to Adrian Peterson, reverse to Ryan oh, Tannehill yeah. to get AJ Brown a 16-yard catch. Like you're doing a lot of work to get AJ Brown 16 yards. Like you got to do more than that for AJ, and you know. Ho- if you're the Titans, you hope the Texans are a, are a break out of this two-game funk for A.J. Brown and he can ball out again like he was doing the previous three games when he was against the Bills, Chiefs, and the Colts. A.J. Brown was looking like that dude again, but he's got to have more than just those three games. Consistency has been an issue with him. Uh, drops have been an issue with him. And, you know, to take that leap from very good to elite, uh, he's got to clean up those two things. And uh, right now we're not seeing that, so I – you know, until he does, the league doesn't respect the passing game in Tennessee. That, that's There's no question about it. A.J. Brown um, will be the guy that changes that eventually because I think he will. But uh, right now, uh, the Titans need more out of him. Yeah. Um, they especially need the more, out of, more out of him in the next couple games without Julio. I mean, he, it's time for him to step up. Yeah, and Ricky says that's because the Titan, your quarterback, the Titans quarterback, is playing bad. I don't know who Ricky is a fan of, but a lot of times you got Titans fans watching. But he says that's because Ryan Tannehill is playing bad. Is Ryan Tannehill playing bad? That's that's actually a perfect, uh, a perfect transition to our next conversation. How do you grade Ryan Tannehill in the last two weeks without Derrick Henry? 
how do you grade Ryan Tannehill in the last two weeks without Derrick Henry? I, I find this to be a fascinating conversation. And I and this was honestly based off of a tweet that I got this morning uh, that really made me start to think about what Ryan Tannehill has done the last two weeks. But first, let me tell you guys about Wilson County Hyundai, wilsoncountyhyundai.com. If you're looking for a brand new car, make Wilson County Hyundai a part of your car buying process because they're people you can trust. Why? Because we've been working with Wilson County Hyundai for two years now and Payne Bone and his team, over two years, Payne Bone and his team in Wilson County Hyundai do a great job of making you feel comfortable, not pressuring you any to any purchase for the sake of just selling something, but they will truly find the right fit for you, whether it's the Hyundai Sonata, any of their other Hyundai sedans, or the Hyundai Palisade, or anything in between. Wilson County Hyundai does it right. They're located in Lebanon, which is a quick trip up I-40 out of Nashville, which also means no city prices. So right now it's a tough time to buy a car, but you got to go to the people you can trust and, and listen to us when we say this. WilsonCountyHyundai.com, you can trust them. So check them out at WilsonCountyHyundai.com. BetMGM, check these guys out as well, especially if you want to get some skin in, skin in the game on tonight. You'll, not only is there NFL action tonight, College basketball has returned. The NBA is a nightly thing. NHL, the Preds are kind of rolling right now. Matt Duchesne's having a wild season. Maybe go bet on him to score a goal in the Preds next game, but make sure to use promo code A to Z Sports, A T O Z Sports, when you download the BetMGM app. This is for new users and new users only. You use that promo code, you'll get a risk free bet up to $1,000. Bet it on whatever you want. Bet it on Matt Duchesne. Bet it on uh, the Rams tonight. Hey, bet it on the Grizzlies, whatever you want to do. Use promo code A to Z Sports. You'll have a risk-free bet. You lose it. Who cares? Not a big deal. You still have your money in the account um, as long as you use promo code A to Z Sports when you sign up at BetMGM. All right, so we're asking the question, how do you grade Ryan Tannehill in the last two weeks without Derrick Henry? Because we had somebody say that the quarterback is playing bad. McLean says, no, he's not. Uh, McLean gives a, a seven out of 10. So grading can be a letter grade. So seven out of 10, uh, that was a C where I went to school. I don't know about you guys, but, uh, that was a C for me, but, uh, Stanley McMurray says B minus, um, uh, let's see. DK Titan says C Chris P- uh, Dillard says B plus, um, Ben says, I would say that he's not playing great, uh, which is true. I don't think he's playing great. Sawyer says he's been asked to do a lot and he's doing great. Tank Sinatra says an A, J Dud with a B, Joey with a nine. So not so that a nine is an A uh, there. Louie with an A, Ronnie with a C. Uh, Chad says he hasn't been great, but he gets the job done. Solid B. Uh, Justin says it seems like he has regressed to the mean somewhat because he's been playing out of his mind the last couple of years. Patrick says yes, stat wise, it's not close from this year to the last year, but he, and he looks not great. And comment, uh, commenter, Mr. comment face says, yes, Tannehill's been met at best. So, Jack, how would you, over the last two weeks, that's what we're talking about for the last two weeks, how would you grade Ryan Tannehill's performances? C+. Plus. You're not going to put it on the fridge at home. You're not going to show your friends when they come over. Your mom's probably not going to brag to you at anybody, uh, you know, wherever your mom goes to talk with other parents. It, it's not a grade that, that you look back on and you're like, wow, man. I'm really proud of that. Um, I really, I really, I really kind of, you know, exceeded where I thought I'd be. Tannehill hasn't done that. He hasn't been bad. Don't get me wrong. He hasn't been bad. He's been efficient enough, but he hasn't been great. We're still seeing, and, and maybe this is just a pattern. Maybe this is the way the year's gone for Tannehill, but those turnovers, those bad decisions early on in the season, 
We saw another one again yesterday. Now it came with a roughing the passer at the end, so it was kind of negated. But Tannehill in the last two weeks, he hasn't had to do a lot. Um, the the defense kind of set him up for success against the Rams. He only threw for a, a buck forty three, a touchdown and a pick that day. Um, so obviously, when you when you're a quarterback, you throw for one hundred forty three yards. That's not going to impress anybody. That's not going to raise anybody's eyebrows. Um, he follows that up yesterday. 213, and now both games, interestingly enough, he went 19 for 27. That's still a 70% completion percentage. Right. Um, threw for 213 yesterday and a touchdown, also had one on the ground. Tannehill's probably not a t- the type of guy to, you know, to rack up the A's, A-pluses, even A-minuses um, with Derrick Henry. You, you know, a win helps that, and I think boosts you, you know, half of a letter grade. But when we're isolating just Tannehill, he hasn't impressed me. He didn't really throw one ball down the field um, yesterday that, that, that connected. Um, Marcus Johnson, obviously, the big catch and run, but there wasn't a deep ball. He, he He's kind of gotten away from that. and that's his, longest, his longest throw in the air yesterday was 17 yards to Marcus Johnson, which, exactly. it, which was caught immediately. Now, I, I saw this from Teron Davenport, and this is an incredible stat and goes to your down-the-field type of conversation. Right, the last two weeks... Ryan Tannehill has averaged 3.1 air yards per completions without Derrick Henry. So that's 3.1 air yards the last two weeks without Derrick Henry per completion. That's half of what he averaged in eight games with Derrick Henry. So he averaged 6.2 air yards with Henry, 3.1 air yards without Derrick Henry on completions. Overall, on his attempts, 7.9 air yards with Henry, 4.7 without. So what's that telling you? That's telling you that the offense is trying to refine itself and that the play action is not able to be as effective without Derrick Henry and the offensive line isn't holding up as much and his wide receivers aren't helping him out that much. Like Bobby Hart was the reason why they couldn't throw downfield against the Rams. Now, and, and so... Yesterday, you had Kendall Lamb uh, get bulldozed on a third on a key third down in the third quarter, and you know Tannehill got sacked, and it was happened so fast. I think that's a lot on offensive line play. I think it's a lot on Todd Downing. So, Jack, you say it's C plus the last two weeks, and you mentioned mm-hmm. C plus isn't hang on the fridge. Your mom's not bragging on your grades, but uh, C plus is enough to graduate. Yeah. <laughs> you, you pass the test. You move on to the next grade. Right. So here's, here's the tweet that I got this morning that kind of sparked this conversation. So uh, I, I tweeted out uh, an image of Tannehill's interception that was negated uh, by that uh, roughing the passer. And so Drew, uh, bulletproof Drew on uh, Twitter said, where is Tanny falling on the QB ranking now? Has to be tanking. Remember the top 10 talk? Mm-hmm. And so that made me think. Like Tannehill's had his fair share of bad decisions this year, but look around the NFL at the other top quarterbacks just in the last two weeks, just in the last two weeks, Tom Brady's lost his last two games. There was a bye week in between, but he lost to the saints and he lost to Washington yesterday. Matt Stafford sucked against the Titans on Sunday night football. Russ Wilson was shut out by the Packers in his first game back. Josh Allen scored six points and lost to the Jags. Dak Prescott was blown out by the Broncos and Lamar Jackson lost the Dolphins. So that's just the last two weeks. 
You and, you 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 don't know why that's going on? Why? Because on the Tighten Up podcast, we do an MVP death poll <laughs> where we kill two MVP candidates each week. We had Lamar Jackson this week, lost to the Dolphins. Had Josh Allen and Matt Stafford the week before, both lost. I'm not I'm not taking credit, but I'm saying if you want to give me credit, then I will take it. Okay. But again, like that's the last two weeks, all six quarterbacks that I just mentioned are top 10 quarterbacks in the NFL. All have ugly, ugly, bad losses. And Tom Brady's got two in his last two games. And Ryan Tannehill's 2-0. Without Derrick Henry against two top five, top six defenses. Without Derrick Henry. Without Julio yesterday. Without Mm -hmm. A.J. Brown doing anything. I mean, Ryan Tannehill's winning games. And apparently he was sick. So I'm giving giving Ryan Tannehill a B the last two games. Because drops hurt him against uh, AJ's drops hurt him against the Rams. Yesterday, Mar- McNichols dropped a touchdown that was a gorgeous throw by Ryan, Ryan Tannehill. Gorgeous throw on third down to McNichols on the wheel route. Dropped it. Firks my heart. Uh, I, I was going to say my heart aches for Derrick Henry because all those guys you just mentioned who have been performing you know poorly lately. If Derrick Henry was doing what he was doing when he was healthy. Um, I, I think that he would be ahead of the, you, you know, the MVP talks. I think he would be at the front of the line. Um, so that that's another part that makes me, you know, sad for Derrick Henry. But Tannehill's done enough. I, you can't give him much lower than a C. Um, even if you want to go hard on the guy and give him a C, which I mean, I gave him a C plus. Um, there's a lot of things that, that have been going on. I think these last two weeks have been. The feel it out games, right? Feel it out. What are we without Derrick Henry? Nobody knows. You haven't had to be without Derrick Henry. But one game, and that was a game where you got to rest him against the Saints last. Uh, was it last season? Yeah, it was last season. And um, so, so they're trying to still figure out their identity, what they are on offense without Derrick Henry. Now they have Julio Jones go down. Uh, you're, you're kind of back to to just AJ Brown and everybody else. And I think they're coming to find out that hey, everybody else is a lot better than what we what they what we thought they were. And even with knowing that, you're not going to put a lot of pressure on Tannehill. You're not going to make him be somebody he's definitely not. And I get it. Top eight in, in, in QBR the last two seasons. Um, yards per attempt, he's been he's been killing it, uh, uh, you know, before this season. Not that he's doing bad this season. He's, he's still top, uh, I believe, top ten in the league in yards per attempt. Just as an offensive coordinator, don't make Tannehill uncomfortable. Don't make him hang back there in the pocket with a weak offensive line that can't hold up very long. Um, don't, don't make him try to win games with his arm, you, you know, when that's – Really not a position they put him in throughout his career here. Um, I get it. Everybody wants to see him turn the ball loose, see who Tannehill really is without Derrick Henry, and then go tell all their friends who are fans of other teams, hey, you were wrong about Ryan Tannehill. He's not a game manager. Look at him. He's he's crushing teams without Henry. He's putting up huge numbers. That's just not going to happen. We have to be able to accept that. Especially against the Saints and the, and the Rams. Like Those mm-hmm. are just really good defenses. They are. I, I, they're really good defenses who, have a, who trouble things, uh, who trouble you up front with their defensive line and pressure they can apply with a banged-up offensive line and with guys dropping passes. And and honestly, I don't think Todd Downing's doing much help Tannehill either. <laughs> I think there's just some really weird play calls at weird times for Todd Downing. Uh, so I, I do think uh, – and Mama Mentality says, yeah, Austin, I'm glad you realized the Titans have been playing two great defenses. Great. They might not score 30. But again, like – and they're, they're scoring touchdowns. And, and Tannehill's had four touchdowns in the last two games. One – Two uh, passing, one in each. Two rushing, one in each. So that's a good thing. I, I think B is what Ryan Tannehill has been without Derrick Henry the last two weeks. 
and the schedule is just going to get a little easier with the Texans this week. Then it turns back right back up to hot against the Patriots. And then moving forward, the Titans have a great ability to get to nine and two, then figure out what happens against the Patriots. Then you get to a bye week and maybe Julio comes back and you see what happens uh, the last few games of the season. Yeah. Kevin Byard says it best, you know, only thing that matters, we're eight and two right now. Um, and they're humming. So I, I the playoffs is what really is going to separate it, is what uh, a lot of people are going to hang their hats on Tannehill and whether or not they were right, um, you know, about him. Obviously, the first impression they had of him in Miami under Adam Gase is not fair. That's not setting him up for success. Now he's in an offense with talent around him, with um, a play caller who, you know, I mean, he's no Arthur Smith, but he's getting the job done. I mean, the, they're moving, they're moving the ball without Derrick Henry. Obviously, there's extenuating circumstances. But if he can perform in the playoffs and win a game with his arm, that'll change a lot of people's mind. I'm seeing a lot of people saying Tannehill, you can't call Tannehill elite. Tannehill is elite, whatever it is. Wherever you fall on that debate, um, doesn't really matter. It's, yeah. You could be an elite regular season quarterback, Matthew Stafford, and have no playoff experience or no playoff wins, um, and and you, you know that's a big knock on you. Tannehill's got wins in the playoffs. But it, you know they've been on, they've been on the back of Derrick Henry in the defense, and uh, luckily this year, uh, you know he may not have to go out there and throw for three fifty to beat the Bills or to beat the Colts or, or not the Colts, the Chiefs or the or the Ravens, whoever it may be. So I think to judge Tannehill right now this season is tough because we we know how good of a regular season quarterback he is. What can he do in the playoffs? That's when people will start to change their mind on Tannehill. Yeah, and uh, Chris has a good note uh, about the next two games. The Texans are coming off a bye, and then the Patriots had the mini bye, 10 days of rest after their Thursday night football game. I, I didn't realize uh, that Thursday night football uh, this week is uh, Broncos-Patriots, uh, but that's a good point there uh, by Chris. A to Z Sports here live on this Monday, another Victory Monday, the sixth consecutive Victory Monday for the Tennessee Titans. Jack Gentry is in for Zach Bingham. If you missed Zach's tweet yesterday afternoon, uh, Zach uh, tested positive for COVID last week. I was having a rough go at it uh, for the most of last week. Wasn't feeling too well, but hopefully Zach will be feeling back uh, better uh, and come back hopefully a little later on this week. Uh, Falcons Patriots, excuse me, not Broncos Patriots. Thanks, Rich. Uh, But all right, uh, Jack, it is time for bad sales job. I've got my bad sales job for you. uh, (laughs) And so we need you guys to vote because how bad sales job works is we each give some the other person uh, a pitch that they have to make that's really hard. And we have 30 seconds to make our best bad sales job. And then you guys are the voters on who wins it. So, Jack, let's get ready for bad sales job. But first, let me tell you guys about the Bone & Joint Institute. Boneandjointtn.org, the region's destination for comprehensive orthopedic and sports medicine care. It's pretty simple. Whenever you get hurt, know who to go to, know who to trust. That's the folks at the, at the Bone & Joint Institute. they got over a dozen doctors there at their facility in Franklin, Tennessee. They can specialize and help any joint issue you have. Boneandjointtn.org. Bet MGM, it's the king of sportsbook uh, new users. If you don't have an app that you bet through, if you don't have anybody you bet through, go download the Bet MGM app. It's the cleanest. It's got a nice interface, um, tons of variety, uh, just options all over the place. You'll love it if you download it. Make sure when you do download it, use promo code A to Z Sports, A T O Z Sports. You'll receive a risk free bet up to $1,000. You can bet it however you'd like. It's a risk-free bet up to $1,000 as long as you plug that promo code in, A to Z Sports, A-T-O-Z Sports, once you download the BetMGM app. Do it today. 
You're bored on a Monday. Hey, I'm sure there's I'm sure there's some day action going on. Maybe <laughs> maybe you get things started around five o'clock when college basketball starts to tip off. It's up to you. That's the best part about it. I don't get to bet for you. You get to bet for yourself. Use promo code A to Z Sports to make sure you get that uh, that that essentially free bet up to one thousand dollars. Use promo code A to Z Sports on the BetMGM app today. All right, bad sales job on this Monday, Jack. Are you ready? I'm so ready. Let's do this. MB says Jack lost his bad sales job on Jack Rabbit's game yesterday. Oh, MB's been on me this whole show. I've been seeing you, MB. You got to get off my back, man. All right. <laughs> TJ says, uh, Jack, sell us on how you are not. Okay, TJ. Here's the thing, man. I, I, I'm doing this out of town. I had, a, I had a trip this weekend. had to go to Charlotte. And um, I'm not hungover. I will say that. Took it easy uh-huh. last night. But I did go to the Hornets game. Great game. They beat the Warriors. They did? Mm-hmm. Ah. That would have been something I probably would have lost money on. Yeah, yeah. Well, I did not not bet on any NBA yesterday. Yeah, well, well, that makes one of us. Um, So, yeah, it didn't go well for me either, but who cares? Um, Yeah, and Danny uh, says, I'm surprised Austin remembered the video transition. I was on it. I was on it this time. Scared me. It honestly scared me a little bit. (laughs) All right, Jack, uh, bad sales job. Do you want to go first or you want me to go first for you? Um, I've got one for you, but I'd, I'd like to go first. Okay. That sounds good. So you're in Charlotte. You just mentioned that you went to the Hornets game last night. CLT. Yep. All right, Jack, you have to sell us. You have 30 seconds to sell us on why Charlotte is a way better city than Nashville. Why Charlotte is such an elite city compared to Nashville. That is your bad sales job here on this morning show. So I am ready. I have the clock uh, ready for you. So I will go on your go. Sell us why Charlotte is a much better, way more elite city than Nashville, Tennessee. All right, I know where I'm going. And uh, don't, don't get me wrong, guys. I haven't had this in my mind. I just have this one reason. Is it starting last- No. Okay. All right. So I'm next words out of your mouth. I'm starting clock. Charlotte's better than Nashville because let's face it, guys. Nashville, uh, Nashville's in need of public transportation. A train system, a light rail system would be nice. And it almost got voted through a few years ago. Got shot down on one of the last votes. Charlotte's got that. You hop on the train, you sit on there for three stops, boom, you're where you need to be. And it's not like the trains in Atlanta or or, or Chicago or New York. These are clean trains. They're very friendly people all over the place. You don't have to worry or anything. You don't, you don't have to put your phone in your bag and ziplock tight or whatever you do with your phone to hide it from people who steal it. Charlotte's great because of that, and they've got the Hornets, which may <laughs> oh, so just throw in the NBA. <laughs> which may have actually hurt my point. Oh man, uh, that was a uh, look. I, I've been to Charlotte. Uh, I like I have, Charlotte. I like I have, Charlotte's better. fun. And Patrick yeah. says I live in. Uh, Wilmington, North Carolina. Charlotte's lit, believe me, but Nashville's better. It's not close. I, uh, Charlotte's a fun city. I agree. It's not Charlotte. nothing on Nashville. Nothing on Nashville. And that yeah. that train is very nice. I've been on it. As the well. train so, is everything about the train. It wasn't working last night after the Hornets game. It really threw a wrench in our night. But um, it really threw a wrench in you. I'm glad you mentioned that in your sales pitch. I've been that's neither here nor there. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> all, right. all right. So all right, bring it on, Austin. I want you to sell me on why it's important for the Titans to re-sign Anthony Ferkser in this offseason. I, I, I want you to do that. I liked where our conversation went earlier. I want you to let me know why you think the Titans should re-sign Anthony Ferkser and why that must be a top priority in the offseason. Let me know when you got your clock ready. 
I'm ready whenever you are. The Titans tight end situation is really interesting because they got three guys who are contributing Anthony Ferkser, uh, Michael Pruitt, and Jeff Swain. All have expiring contracts. So if you're going to bring back one of them, Anthony Ferkser is by far the cheapest, and he's different. He and Tannehill do work well together when they get into a rhythm and, and converting first downs. I think you can replace Pruitt and Swain a lot easier blocking in the run game than you can Ferkser's uh, rapport with Ryan Tannehill. All right, you did that in uh, 26 seconds, so not bad. So um, uh, now it's on you guys. Now, now who won? People. Who, had, who had the better bad sales job? Was it all you got to do is type in Austin or Jack, Jack or Austin, Austin, Jack, who won? Uh, and we will, uh, and, and we will uh, count. You know, I'm realizing what you've done to me. You have turned me, the, the, the jury hates me right now because I just had to prove why their city is not as good as Charlotte. So, so that was a strategic question you asked me. See, look at them, Austin, 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 yeah. Okay, that was smart on your end. You thought this through. Maybe you didn't, um, but it worked out for you so far. Yep, three Austin, no me. There's there's uh, four uh, four votes for me, I, I believe. I, I, I think I think Patrick's counts as me. Like, God, Austin sounds convincing. Damn straight, I know how to... I know how to deliver hey. my sales pitch. Uh, Five votes Austin, one vote Zach. Zach's getting a vote today. If you if you give me a sports opinion, all yeah. I got to do is just hot take it to death and uh, and deliver it in a convincing fashion, like Patrick's talking about, and it's an easy win. Neither Rob Wright says. <laughs> Rob, you might be right, honestly, man. Um, but yeah, no, that, that, that was a good one. Um, Charlotte, yeah, I had fun here, but my time's coming to an end. Hopping on a plane later today. Um, but yeah, Anthony Furcher, that's a tough one too right now. His stock's pretty low. So to be buying in as hard as you had to, um, was pretty impressive. Uh, I'll tip my hat to you. I still think I won though. Uh, no, the comments say that I won. Well, look, you had the right approach. You're thinking, what does Nashville need that it doesn't have? It desperately needs public transportation. Charlotte's got it. So you look, you did the right thing. It just was a much harder pitch. Yeah. And this is only my second time I've ever been here, so I don't know all the ins and the outs. I should have mentioned Bojangles. It's their big thing. Um, but uh, yeah, Nashville also has Bojangles. <laughs> well, yeah, but like it's, it, this is like the, the Bojangles mecca. And I don't know what that does for you. I, I don't know that I've ever had Bojangles. It, does, but, it uh, doesn't do it. It doesn't do a ton for me. I, yeah, I, it doesn't really I'm, move the needle, yeah. Yeah, I'm vegetarian. So it doesn't do much well, for me at all. Well, I'm not convincing you. I'm convincing the chat. Yes, That's exactly. Exactly. All right, guys. Uh, hope you guys have a great rest of your Monday. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow morning. I'll have Luke along with me uh, tomorrow on a Tuesday to talk more Titans. We'll see what happens uh, as well uh, throughout today when Mike Vrabel meets with the media. But don't forget the A to Z Sports Podcast Network is where to go check out for more content, A to Z Sports.com. I know uh, we've got several pieces of Titans articles up right now at A to Z Sports.com. So we'll see you guys uh, later on. Buck Rising tonight with A to Z Sports Primetime. Have a good Monday. Appreciate it, guys.